So, um, last week we talked about what is love. And it wasn't the song, even though Reed insisted that I would sing and sing that song and play that song. Come on, Billy. Billy will sing it. So, it, it wasn't that song, um, but it was close. It was close. It was my trade. We talked about how love is like a trade. It's not just something that you do when you want to, but as a blacksmith in, in the Bible, you, you know, back in the day, that, that was their trade, to be like a blacksmith. Or, or even people today have their trades, their jobs, what they do. Love is it's something you do. It's who you are. It is trading your life for something. If you love something, you'll trade your life for it. That was last week. What is love? It was my trade. This week, we're taking a little bit of a different direction. We're talking about what is love part two. It's P.S. I love you. And I have, I'm really excited about tonight, honestly. I'm really excited about tonight just for what God's going to do. And I'm, I am believing that God is going to move on us tonight like he does every night. Um, but what I want tonight is that we would open our hearts to not just hear God, but actually respond to God. That we would not just hear a message tonight, but we would respond to what the Lord's saying tonight. And so, P.S. I love you. P.S. I love you. It's a, it's a real good movie. I wanted to watch it last night with my sister, but I, I couldn't. I got stuck somewhere else. Um, and so I couldn't watch it. So I'm a little rusty on the movie. But if I believe, if I'm correct, um, the, uh, the, in the movie P.S. I Love You, there's two main characters, a husband and a wife. The husband, oh, am I going to ruin this for anybody? Is anybody planning on watching this movie? Or can I just say it? I'm just gonna say it. Well, I'm gonna say it, tell you. The husband dies, and it's real sad. He 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 just, he, he he dies. I don't remember. He had like a brain tumor or something. And um, anyways, before he died, he left all these little letters around the world that went to all or they all led to each other. One led to the other. And so she found him. His wife found them and followed them around. The whole movie is her on this little journey reading these letters. And at the end of each letter, or actually before the end, he, he writes all these things about how he loves her and, and all these romantic things and she's crying all the time. And, and, um, and at the end of each letter, he finishes it with, P.S. I love you. And P.S. I do love that movie. I, I thought it was a really good movie. So anyways, that's kind of where I'm getting my message from. Gabriel inspired me last week. We were talking about the movie. He was crying, and he was just telling me all about it. It was a real emotional time. I held him, and we weep for hours. <laughs> and then he watched Dear John and cried some more. He's just been watching some sappy movies. But I, I, like, I like romantic movies. I like love stories, and I'm glad that we have a God who's romantic. Is that okay to say? Because I think we get sometimes too weirded out about that, and some guys are like, well, no, I don't love God. I mean, I love him, but I don't love him. I mean, or I'm not romantic. But God is a romantic God, and he is pursuing us relentlessly daily, and if, I don't know if it's a word, but minutely, secondly. He, he's always pursuing us every minute of every day until we are with him in eternity. And he has written us a love letter. And at the end of each chapter, you could almost end each chapter in the Bible with, by the way, I love you. You could end each, each verse with, oh, did you know that I love you? P.S., I love you. And I'm so grateful for that. And so I'm going to read one of these love letters. It's out of John. 
So if you want to turn your Bibles to the book of John, chapter 15, verses 12 through 27. John 15, 12 through 27. I have some stories again tonight. I love stories. I love telling stories. Um, my life is filled with stories. Every day a new one comes up. Um, like the other day, me and Gabriel and Reed and um, Cameron were chasing a squirrel around. This squirrel has been pestering us for two years out in the, in the yard back there. And um, we've tried to kill him many times. This has nothing to do with the message, but it's a funny story. So we've tried to kill this squirrel for about a year. Read about his BB gun to work one day, and we tried to kill this thing. But we just couldn't see him to get it. And so he continues to outwit us. This little squirrel, yay big, is smarter than four full-grown men. But he continually gets us. And we had him pinned inside this little truck of wood underneath one. You could see him. I mean, we were two feet from him. Trying to throw rocks in there and slide him in, but... We couldn't get him, and so as we're turning around, he just pokes his head off the top, looked at us, and just scurried away. He threw a nut at us, not even kidding, and then winked at Gabriel and ran into the woods. And we have yet to find or kill Squirrely. So next week, tune in, and we'll tell you what happened in the last week to Squirrely. Is he still alive, or is he dead? If he's dead, I'll bring him in, and you can. No, I won't do that. I have many stories about killing animals, but that was when I was young. Now I only do it legally with a permit and a hunting license. So, John fifteen, chapter, John chapter fifteen, verses twelve through twenty-seven. It says this: Is it Jesus speaking? He says this: This is my commandment. We read this chapter last week. This is kind of what this little mini series I'm doing right now. This is kind of what, what we're basing it off of this right here. And we read all the way to verse 17 last time, but we're going to read through to 27 because this is a little more of what we're talking about. We're starting verse 12. It says, This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than this to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you and me are friends of God. Amen. We're friends. Hallelujah. We are friends. So now you are my friends since I have told you everything the Father told me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit so, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. This is my command. Love each other. We're going to read on verse 18. If the world hates you, remember that it hated me first. The world would love you as one of its own if you belong to it, but you are no longer a part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world, so it hates you. Do you remember what I told you? A slave is not greater than the master. Since they persecuted me, naturally they will persecute you. And if they had listened to me, they will listen to you. They will do all this to you because of me, for they have rejected the one who sent me. Man, this is getting a little depressing here. They will not be guilty if I would not have come and spoken to them, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Anyone who hates me also hates my father. If I hadn't done such miraculous signs among them, then they would, among them that no one else could do, they would not be guilty. Yeah. But as it is, they have seen everything I did, yet they still hate me and my father. This fulfills what is written in the scriptures. They hated me without cause. I'm getting a little, a little bit more depressed as I read on, but I'm going to keep reading because the next verse 
is something that I, I really like. I think it's something that we all really, really should be grateful for. Because it says, but I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify about me. And you must also testify. Can I read that again? But I will send you the advocate, the spirit of truth. We just read about how the world is going to hate us and persecute us, but Jesus says it's not that bad because I'm going to send you the spirit of truth. I'm so grateful that the spirit of truth lives in me. And I read all that stuff and it's like, oh, wow, wow, this is tough. But then he says, but don't worry because I'm going to send you my... I'm, actually, me right now, it's weird to think, but I'm going to come and live inside of you. That's what he's saying. In other words, he's saying, oh, by the way, as if this is going to be really tough, I just want you to know, P.S., I love you. I won't let you be harmed. That's what he's really saying. By the way, I do love you, so I'm going to send me to live in you. Man, that excites me. I don't know, that just excites, by the way, I love you. As if, as if everything I go through, God say, oh, Andrew, by the way, I love you. P.S., I love you. And I wonder sometimes, is my life a P.S., I love you? Could I really say to somebody, oh, P.S., I love you? And they would know. Because in the movie, in the movie, just real quick, in the movie, she knew he loved her. She knew he loved her. She was all caught up, and I got caught up in the movie and started crying. I knew he loved her. I was, I was like with him there, loving her in the movie. It was so deep. And, and it's, man, it's, a good, it's just a good movie. It's a good movie. But he loved her, you know, and, he, and, and she knew it, and it was real. But I feel like so many times we say things like, and I hear this a lot, Bro, I love you, bro. I say, I say it all the time. I love you, bro. Even girls say it. I love you all the time. And, but but is it, it, do we really love them? I mean, I get what we're saying. It's like, oh, yeah, I love you. Do we fillet them or do we agape them? And I wonder, because we went over the term last week about agape and what it really means. It means to really, it actually, just to sum it up, means to really trade your life for something, to give it up for something. Your life, to give it up for somebody else. And so when we say, oh, I love you, is it really I love you or is it just, oh, I love you? Is it agape? Is it, I would trade my life for you? Or is it, oh, P.S., I love you. Whatever. Sure, why not? And then we walk away, you know? Because we say things like, dude, I love you. And they're like, oh, really? Can I get a ride home? Like, <laughs> you, you're funny, too. You want a ride home. That's funny. And I've done it before. There's a lot of junior hires who don't have cars. And they're really loud. And they like to mess with your radio. And switch the channels. And it annoys me. And so I have... I have discerned when to say no, which is 100% of the time. But it, it, it's, is that right? Is it, is it right that I could say, oh, I love you and I'll hang out with you at church and I'll hang out with you and go to lunch with you if you drive, if you ride your bike and we don't have to drive together. You know, is, is, it, is, is that love? And, and I, am, I just want to say, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I probably, I was talking to Reed just yesterday about this, I was just, I just, we were sitting there, and we were, I was mowing, and he was cleaning a, a car up there. And I'm, I'm the janitor, so I should be the one cleaning, but he was doing, he was doing my job. And, and I just walked up to him, though, and, and I just was like, dude, I'm wicked. And he was like, yeah, and he walked off. And then he was like, oh, oh are you serious? He's like, I, just, I couldn't tell if you were. And I was like, no, I'm serious. And, and I, but I was just realizing that, that really, 
the things I, I, I do time to time and the things that I say don't match up a lot. And I wish they did. And, and I know I'm not trying to demean myself in any way. And I believe God is working in me and he's changed me tremendously from where I was. And he continually is daily. But I just still look at it and I go, man, I look at this and then I look at me and I go, wow, God, do what you can, Lord. You're working. You're working. But the thing is, is that in the midst of it all, he still says, oh, by the way, I love you. Because a lot of the times when people annoy us, it's like, no, I don't love you anymore. Or when we don't like people, it's like, no, I don't love you. Or when we're kind of on the edge, it's like, no, I don't love you. But when it's good, it's, oh, P.S., I love you. Let's hang out. Let's do everything because you're, I want, you're cool and I want to be around you. But when they become not cool and you don't want to be around them, then it's, oh, I don't love you anymore. But God is he, he's sturdy and, he, and he's firm and he, he doesn't move. and He's not like shifting shadows. And he always is saying, P.S., I love you. And he's always going, I love you. And that will never end. And so today, I don't really want to talk about my love for God. I want to talk about God's love for us. Because my love for God is very fickle. And it changes day to day. But God's love for me never changes. And he is saying to me daily, as I was just thinking about this this week, I just every time I was praying, God just said, Andrew, I love you. Quit trying to do something. I love you. I think we could be a very much better we, or sorry, I think we could do a, very, a, a much better job at just being loved by God. If we just sat and said, God, love me. Man, he's doing it, but we're just not really receiving it a whole lot. I think we just try a little too much. Just a little too much. And this, is, this right here is where love is summed up. It's 1 John 4, 7 through 12. You can turn there. It's 1 John 4, 7 through 12. And this is love. This right here is love. And this is what we're going to be continually talking about tonight. And what I want to continue to talk about my whole life is this thing right here in 1 John. All right. Um, anyone there yet? I'm just going to start reading. I'm just going to start reading it. It's a short scripture, but it just, it, this sums up what we're talking about. It says in verse 7, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another. For love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his son. So, or, sorry, sending his one and only son to the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we, this, right here. This is real love. This right here, I'm about to read. This is real love. Not that we loved God. Say it again. Love, real love is not that we loved God, but rather He loved us and sent His Son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. That excites me. And, and, and I get so, so stinking caught up in this that love is not described and it's not, the definition doesn't come from my love for God. Rather, it comes for God's love for me. It's God's love for me. That describes love. Not my. It would be like saying this. It would be like saying the baby that's born loves its parents before the parents love it. That doesn't make sense. It doesn't work. A baby can't eat. I don't even know if they have thoughts. I'm sure they do subconsciously. But they can't talk. They, they, they're, they're, they've been in a womb for nine months. Been, they don't come out just going, oh, mommy, daddy, I love you. It, it doesn't work that way. It would, it's, it's just weird if a baby did do that. They'd be talking at one day old. And that would be baby genius. But it doesn't happen that way. Babies, 
know how to love, or sorry, just children, we learned how to love through our parents loving us, through God loving us, not through us loving our parents or us loving God. Rather, in 1 John, it says, not our love, but His love. Does that make sense? It was not my love for God that made it. It was God's love for me that made a way for me. Not my love. My love didn't save me. My love didn't save somebody else. That friend that I was witnessing. My, it wasn't my love. It was God's love. And if I could say anything else, I would continue just to say God's love. P.S. He loves you. P.S. He loves you. P.S. He loves me. And I think about just some stories that I've, I've experienced and that I have also just seen and witnessed and First one comes to mind is this. I do a lot of hunting, like I mentioned at the beginning. Um, this one was e- this one was in le- this was a legal trip. I wasn't shooting squirrels in my backyard or accidentally killing woodpeckers on accident. <laughs> hey, I was dared to do it with my eyes closed, and I shot and I hit it. What I mean, I mean that's just that's impressive. I mean, I, that's a good shot. My eyes were closed. It was five feet from me, but my eyes were closed. And so this trip was a deer hunting trip to an island out of Prince William Sound called Naked Island. A lot of naked people on it, yes, and that's where it's got its name from. Um, it actually it originated from some Indians. I believe it was the Cherokee that stayed on this island. And they, they would run around naked for, for long periods of time. And this is how the island got its name. True story. And uh, one of them was seen walking across the ocean. He ran so fast he could walk across the ocean naked. And so they saw this. Some, I think it was Christopher Columbus or somebody saw it. Um, and, um, and so they named it Naked Island. And it, it makes sense. And that's, that, that was my story. That's all I have. Um, so we can go home and I hope it edified you tonight. No, that's, that's not. It's not my story. There were no naked Indians. Um, but, although for one point of the time I thought I saw one, there was a hunting trip on Whittier, and this is how it started. We went out, blue sky, sunny day, calmest sea ever. We're supposed to be, this is before Thanksgiving, we're supposed to be there for three days, and, and um, we're there, and we, we're hunting, and we, uh, we shot a deer, and somebody else shot a deer, it was me, my dad, um, my, one of my brothers, Micah, my cousin, and his dad. And, um, and so we were just kind of hunting for two first two days. We're good. And then it starts really raining on us and starts getting a little windier. It's the third day. We're like, well, this is probably our last day. And so we, we, we got, like, I think, three deer or something like that. Not a whole lot. Normally, you know, we saw like 20 skin deer. Like, so somebody was just there before us um, and killed everything. So it wasn't too good. But we, we did get a couple, and we're, we're leaving we're pulling out, everything's packed up, and we're, we're, we're pulling out, and as we, this is a pretty deep bay, I mean, it's like a mile long in this bay, so we're coming out, so it's all flat in there, and all of a sudden, right when we come out, it's just this wall of water, and we're like, oh my, and so we, I mean, it was 10 foot seas, and we have a 20 foot boat, it's about 6 feet tall, actually not even, it's probably about, yeah, it's about 6 feet tall, and so you, you, you picture this, these, these, these waves are taller than our boat. 
And, and we'd see that and we're like, well, we're not going. So we go back and we're there for three more days. We only had clothes for three days. We only had food for three days. So the last three days, we, my uncle brought this huge ham and we're eating this ham for three days straight, breakfast, lunch, and dinner with nothing but mustard on it. It's a piece of ham, squirt mustard on it, fold it in half, eat it. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. That's all we had. And so we're just like wet, everything's, I mean, this is middle of November and it's wet, it's raining. That's Prince William Sound. It's raining in the middle of November where in Anchorage it's freezing cold and snowing. We're experiencing rain and like thunderstorms. It's completely different. And so we're just, sixth day comes around, it's Thanksgiving, it's that day. Um, I guess people, I, somebody, I think my grandpa called the Coast Guard and they uh, were, were actually kind of like wondering where we were too. And so it was a big old mess. No one really knew. We had no contact with anybody. So we're there for a whole week. Um, with nothing, we're drenched, we're soaking, we're just like, well, let's just go for it. <laughs> and the, at this point, the waves even got bigger. So I think, I think it was 10 to 11, maybe 12 foot seas, not really sure. It was between 8, or sorry, between 10, 12 foot seas, and we're just like, let's just do it. So we just go for it, and we just, our boat has this little cover, so I mean, if you could see us from far away, it would just look like this little dot, just going in these waves, up and down. And so we're getting out there, and we're like, well, let's just do it. And my dad's driving, and he is, he he is a phenomenal captain of a boat, and he did a great job. But we're going, and there were waves where we, we actually would go down, and when we went down a wave, you could see nothing but water beside you. You couldn't see land. You couldn't even see sky. It was just water. And so we're doing this. Doing, it took two hours to get out there. It took us seven hours to get back. And one wave was like perfect storm. We're going up, and we don't have enough power. And we're getting up this thing. And if we were to not make it, we would probably have died. But instead, my dad turned it, and we go back down the wave. And th- at that moment, I'm sitting there going, Jesus, save me. Please take me out of this boat. I'm sitting there, I mean, completely silent. I, was, I didn't say a word all time. I'm like this, sitting down like this, my head between my legs, just... Just, just I mean, I mean, anything I could think of, I mean, and... Um, I just hear people go, I just hear, I think it was my Uncle Stu, he says, oh, stink. And I'm like, that's not good. That's not good. And we just up it, and I thought we were going to flip, and it was coasted back down, and that was like the big like rogue wave. And after that one, we made it. And I think about that story, and I just go, man, God, you love me. You love me that I'm still alive today. And it was as if God was up there going, P.S., I love you. You're not going to die. You're going to make it. You're going to be okay. And as I was thinking, God, I'm, I'm going to see you tonight, he's going, no, 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 I love you enough to leave you here and to let you do what you were called to do. You're not going to die. And I just said, Lord, here I am. Send me. Take me. I'm going. I'm going to heaven. But he said, no, Andrew, I love you. Another story that came to my mind was, was one of, another one of my dad. Um, this was just him, actually. And... Um, <laughs> This story, I was young, and I remember it happening, but I didn't actually see it. I was there in the house when it happened. And he was, I don't remember what he was doing. I think he was painting or something. He was on top floor on this ladder, on this ladder, the top floor of a three-story house. Um, I don't know how tall a three-story house is above the ground. Ground level, three stories, probably between like 30, 40 feet tall. Probably about 40 feet high or something like that. Well, he's up there doing something. You know, screwing around doing something. I don't really sure what he was doing. I think he was painting. He might have been doing. Sh- I don't remember. I was young, but he was doing something. And I think, I, if I remember correctly, our mom was sitting. There's like a, the ladder right here going up to the roof, and there's a window, and the ladder's kind of right in front of the window. 
and he's up there doing something. My mom's standing there and just kind of cleaning something or doing something. And all of a sudden, she sees my dad shoot by the window. And he, not even kidding, three stories high, landed on his feet. (laughs) Three stories high. And I go, God, you must really love us because that's not supposed to happen. If I recall, that just is not possible without some kind of supernatural help. There had to been the whole, the whole stinking set of angels there, the whole army. Michael was probably there underneath him. And I just go, God, why? And he goes, well, because P.S. I love you. And that, I, I look at those stories in my life, and, and there's other stories you've heard about people, near-death experiences, and I just go, God, you must really love us and care for us. You have a destiny for us. There is something on mine in your life to do that he asked for us, and we're not going to leave this earth until we've done it. God has a plan. You were predestined before time to do something great. All of us were predestined before time to do something great. And God is going, you're not, don't worry. My spirit's going to live in you. And what you're going to do, you're not going to leave until you're done doing it. Because it's my plan. I'm God. I'm all powerful. And what I say goes. That's the way it is. God goes, I love you so much that I'm just going to let you live here and do what you're called to do. I'm going to let you have a family and raise kids. I'm going to let you, those dreams, I'm going to let you have them and see them fulfilled. I love you so much, I'm going to give you desires that you would do something, and that you would do something not just ordinary, but something extraordinary. I'm just going to go off a little second here. This is not, this is not part of the message that I had planned, but there is a generation right now. There is many generations from old to young who don't know the Lord. There is a city here that doesn't know God. There are dreams that have not been dreamt yet. There are visions that have not been seen yet. But God is waiting for somebody to rise up and to dream a dream. To see a vision. To prophesy to someone and say, look, God loves you. And if we would walk in this way, that God, you love me, and I'm just going to let you love me. I'm going to let your love run up and down me. And as you do that, I'm going to let it radiate out of me. And I'm going to see a city flipped upside down for God. No more gay parades. No more things happening downtown. Murders and rapes. No more of that because something's happening right now inside the hearts of young and old people where God is shifting and He's saying, I love you. Could you love somebody? Could you love somebody for me? I was just sitting today thinking and I just heard God say, Andrew, I love my people. Could you just communicate that for me? Could you? I tell it all the time, Andrew. Andrew, I tell you, I love you all the time, but you just don't hear it all the time. Sometimes you're just not listening. Did you know I really love you? Did you know you're a child? If we were to act like children and not slaves anymore, we were slaves. You were a slave. You are no longer a slave. I am no longer a slave. I have been set free. And the bondage of sin does not rule over my body anymore. I am a son. We are sons and daughters of a God who loves us. We're not sinners anymore. We've been taken from that.
We may sin and screw up, but God has changed us from sinners to sons and daughters. And I'm going to walk in that. And I believe God's calling us to walk in that. Anchorage will not see revival unless the sons and daughters of God act like sons and daughters. Unless we can just sit and say, God, love me. I know you're wanting to, but I just, I just want to sit and just rest in that. God, love me. Because he does, but we don't get it sometimes. We just don't see it. And we say things like, God, what's happening? Why is this happening to me? And he goes, I love you. I, God, this is happening. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'm a, I love you. P.S. I love you. The reason people write a P.S. in a letter is not to, to remind, not to go, oh, oh, I, I forgot to tell you I love you. I forgot that I loved you. That's not why. No, they, they, they say all this stuff. And, oh, and just for your information, just in case that wasn't, just in case Christ dying on the cross wasn't enough, in case that wasn't enough for you, by the way, I love you. Because Christ on the cross That was the only display of love that I would ever want to use as an example of God's a God. That is his love. Christ on the cross. If that wasn't enough, by the way, I love you. If if me pouring every good and spiritual gift into you wasn't enough, by the way, I just love you. Is that good enough? Is that okay that God just loves us? To me, that's okay because the love of God is stronger than any other power this earth could ever create. The devil has nothing on the Holy Spirit. The devil ain't got nothing on God's love. Hatred can't overtake love, not God's love. Jealousy can't overtake God's love. Envy can't surpass God's love. A matter of fact, nothing can overtake the love of God. And I pray that I could just live this way where I operate and work in the love of God and I do everything out of the love of God. I only love because he first loved. God's not finished writing a love letter. Just like in that movie, P.S. I Love You, how it seems like it goes on forever and there's just endless amounts of letters. The cross was the climax that was, the cl- that was the pinnacle. It was the highest point in the story. I'm sending my son to live in you. But the climax is not the end of the story. In a book, the climax is not the end. It's the pinnacle. But there's still a lot to be written. There's still an end to find out. There's still something to find out. What's going to happen? What's going to happen to me? God's not finished writing a love letter. It's still being written in the hearts of young men and women, in the hearts of old men, in the hearts of people, the love letter is still being written. And God is writing us a love letter here at GM. And he's saying, P.S., I love you. As if we were to forget. And it's funny that I don't forget that God loves me. No. Do we? Do we really not? Because some of the things I do, when I ignore calls that are coming in, the people who want to hang out, and I just go, I'm being selfish. I don't want to build a relationship right now. I'd rather sit at home and watch the baseball. I'm busy. I, I said, I'm busy. Are you really? Sitting there calling. Yeah, I, I, I'm busy, dude. I can't, I, can't, I can't hang out with you. I ain't, I'm busy watching a Cubs game. That's the only thing I'm busy with, and not really that busy. And I make excuses. Oh, I can't. I, mean, I, 
I've just been giving up so much lately. This is my time, my free time for me. No. God never gives up on us. He never stops pursuing us. Why would I stop pursuing somebody else? If God has never, since the beginning of time, quit pursuing me, why do I not want to pursue people? Why do I want to just sit and watch TV or sit? I'm not saying this stuff is terrible, but why do I have these desires to do nothing with my time other than waste it away instead of building something with a person, instead of building something with my daddy in heaven? Man, I have just realized I don't love like I wish I did. But hallelujah, Christ lives in me, and because that, I continually have the ability to love until I die. I have the ability to trade my life for something greater than my own. Another person, another human being. You can't be intimate with somebody unless you're intimate with God. How could we be intimate with somebody unless we're intimately in love with God? Uh, God... We have been called to intimacy. Just as John laid on Jesus' bosom, just as he was the one who sat beside him at the dinner table, just as David poured out his heart to God, God has called us to an intimate relationship with him. But intimacy with God is not something that ends at intimacy with God. It is only the beginning, and it starts, and it begins to turn into intimacy with his people. If we are not intimate with God, we will not be intimate with people. If we're not intimate with people, then we're not doing what we were created to do. We were created to love and be loved. Simple. I was created for the purpose to love somebody and to be loved back by a father who is very, very good. Could it be that God just wants somebody to accept and respond to his love. Could it be that the whole reason, that God's whole reason for pursuing us is simply that we would respond to his love? Could that really be? Could it be that simple? No, it couldn't. It couldn't. It has to, there's got to be doctrine involved. I mean, I've got to be able to preach doctrine. I've got to be able to preach fire and brimstone. And, you know, there's, there's got to be a lot more. No. Could, think about, could it be that we were simply created, and God is simply pursuing us for the only and lone one reason, to respond to his love. I think it could be. a matter of fact, I know it is. I know because this book tells me so, like the song, Jesus loves. It's true, though. As cheesy and corny as that song, and it's great for kids, but... I think all of us are past the age of, of, of really listening to that song. And unless we have kids, then you probably listen to them. Um, but it's so true. One purpose, to be loved and to love. The only reason. The worship team come back up. And I, I want you guys to start playing, and, and I'm going to wrap up real soon here. But this is what I want. I want us as a people, as the body, to respond to God's love. This is what I want. Could we just be loved tonight? Anybody? Anybody? Could we be loved tonight? Could we just let God love us? I feel like God's just saying, could you just let me love you tonight? Just let me love you. 
Quit trying to do something. Quit trying to work at it and make something happen. And I'm going to muster all my strength up and I'm going to run to the front and lift my hands and bend my knees and jump around and do any other weird thing because I want to express myself. Or I'm not going to do anything because that's just being weird and I don't want to be all radical and I just want to sit down. I don't want people to think I'm, uh, I'm worshiping God when I live a sinful life. Could we just respond to the love of God tonight? Could we let a loving dad love his children? There's a dad who's in heaven who may not be like some of your dads, but he's a good, good, good dad who wants to love his kids and could his kids simply let him love them? Could we respond to the love of God tonight? Not trying to do something, not even saying, God, oh, how I love you. But simply, like 1 John says, it wasn't our love, it was his love. That's how love's displayed, through his love. So could we simply respond to his love? Could we respond to his love? It's not like we're being asked to do something that's, that's radical. We're not being asked to do something that hasn't been shown to us. We're not even being asked to do something that's impossible to do. I'm telling you, the love that's been deposited into you has been deposited into me. That love, he is wanting us to respond and let him love. Because he's always loving us, but we just don't seem to respond to it at times. Sometimes we just try to read the right verse or do the right thing, but God say, just let me love you. Just let me stink and love you tonight. Just, just accept it that I love you. Could, could, could you just sit and let me love you? I was thinking, I was preparing for this message going, God, what am I going to, and he goes, Andrew, just stop. Let me love you. Just listen to me. My heartbeat beating. I love you. P.S. I love you. By the way, if Christ wasn't enough, I love you. If that didn't display my love, I just want you to know I love you. You don't have to be forced to do anything. I just love you. God's life God's letter to us is, P.S., I love you, is our letter, P.S., I love you. Can we ask ourselves that tonight? Have we written and are we writing a P.S., I love you, or are we writing a good to see you have a nice day? What are we writing? What does our life look like? Does it look like, P.S., I love you, I'll trade my life for you. I'll respond to a God that loves me. They're going to sing a song. And I just ask. And I'm going to check my heart and say, God, am I letting you love me? And as they play, could we just respond tonight? Could we just respond and say, God, I'm letting you love me. All my walls are down. Do what you wish. As if he hasn't been already. Father God...